I have for a title, let's go to Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41, Journey with Jesus. The general theme for the year is, thy kingdom come, the power, and the glory. That is the general theme for the year, and that is what is going to be guiding all of our activities and services and programs uh, this year. But for a title, this morning I have Journey with Jesus. Also, please uh, pardon me before I go into my message. We're going to have our very first workers' retreat for the year, two Saturdays from now. I guess that's going to be 21st January. I hope it's not clashing with anything, and if it's clashing, this one overrides that. So please prepare your heart. If you are a worker in this house, you are a volunteer, most of us are volunteers, or you want to, you feel you are led by God to join this church and to be part of the workforce, you want to volunteer in one capacity or the other, which is a beautiful thing uh, because it comes with its own blessings, please make sure you make it to that retreat. I'll communicate the time next week by the grace of God, but please note it two Saturdays from now, uh, 21st, I believe that's the date of January 2023. Our very first uh, workers' retreat, and your life will never be the same again. Mark chapter 4, verse 35, all the way to 41. Six verses. If you're there, can you say amen? You're not there, say wait up. Okay, a couple of people are not there yet. Please increase your speed and catch up with us. All right. Mark chapter 4, verse 35, all the way to 41. Actually, I'm going to stop at Mark chapter 5 and verse 1. So, seven verses altogether. Oh, sorry. One more thing. The new, we have some, some of our new brothers and sisters who graduated last year from Porter's Planet. And they're fellowshipping with us for the first time. Could you please stand to your feet? Let me welcome you. The expression I was with this morning. Rise, rise, rise. God bless you. Come on, give them a big God bless you this morning. Tell them we love you. Thank you for coming. We are blessed having you, and the blessed from today will call you blessed. Can I get a better amen? You may please be seated. Thank you. Mark chapter 4, verse 35, finally. And the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. Oh, sorry. He said to them, let us go, and we just may die in the middle of the journey. What did he say? Let us pass over onto the other side. You will make it through in the name of Jesus. Nobody in this church is going to die at 35, 39, 41, 42, 45, 47, 53, 75. No, the number of our days is 120. Can I have an amen? He said, let us pass over onto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on the pillow. And they awake him and said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. That's shalom. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Zero faith. 
And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Journey with Jesus. The word journey here is not a noun. I'm using it as a verb. I'm asking you to travel into 2023 with King Jesus. I'm asking you to journey, to take a trip, the trip of your life this year, spiritually, academically, financially, in your career, in your business, in your, in your endeavors, in your relationship. I want you to journey with Jesus. And I'm going to tell you why in a short while. I'm going to tell you why it is important to journey with Jesus. Jesus took his disciples here and they were all traveling to the other side. He said, let us go over to the other side. Now, let's see that other side. Did they eventually get there? Mark chapter 5 and verse 1. Just the next verse. And they came over onto the other side of the sea. Somebody said they got to the other side. Into the country of the gatherings. And so, you're going to make it through this year in the name of Jesus. No matter the storm that may arise in the course of the year. No matter the waves that may beat against your ship, you will make it through. The Bible says that many are the afflictions of the righteous. Psalm 34 verse 19. He said, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. No matter what comes this year, the Lord will deliver you out of them all. There will be no exception because God will deliver you out of them all in the name of Jesus. Every new year presents us with fresh opportunities to begin again. God is the God of another chance. God always gives us another opportunity, another chance to begin again. We, we can see that in his character in the Bible. Let me say something very quickly that the Holy Spirit ministered to me concerning the year 2023. This is going to be the year or a year of correction. And we need, we, we should be open to correction this year. The Lord himself will be correcting certain things in our lives. Certain mindset, rules and regulations that we have built up for ourselves. Certain principles, certain even religious beliefs. Certain things that we had held on to before now. God, as we open ourselves to him, will begin to challenge certain things in our lives. And you know why he's going to do that? Because he wants to bring us into the place that he has prepared for us. God is always interested in his people changing because he has prepared the place of glory for them. And they have to be a prepared people for the prepared place. The Bible makes it clear in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18. He says, we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed. Somebody say changed. Into the same image from glory to glory even as by the spirit of the Lord. If you want to go from one level of glory to the next level of glory this year, I want you to be open to change. When you are open to correction, open to instructions in righteousness, you will see that things will begin to change in your life. People are interested in things changing for them. Everybody's interested in change. I don't want to remain at this level for life. I want to go to the next level. I don't want to remain small. I want to be big. If you are big already, you want to be bigger. And there is no crime in that. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4 verse 18, the path of the just is as a shining light. It shines more and more unto the perfect day. So God wants your life to be better. 
Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 8. Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. Job 8, 7. Even though your beginning was small, your latter end should greatly increase. So God is the God of increase. God wants you to be better. Paul the apostle in Colossians 1, 10 says that you may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. God wants you to increase. God wants you to multiply. God wants you to have dominion. God is not intimidated by your success. God wants you to be successful. Can I have an amen to that? However, all of this will be birthed. All of this will be birthed. B-I-R-T-H-E-D. All of this that you look for will be birthed on the platform of change. You must change. One of the areas where we must change is our thinking. That's why Romans 12, 2 tells us to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. To be renewed. Not to conform to this world, but to be renewed in our mind. Our thinking must change. Your perspective of God must change. And when God corrects you in certain areas, blessed is that child that is corrected of the Father. Be open to correction and say, Lord, I receive it. In fact, I told them in the first service, one of the things you need to do is to ask God to correct you. Have your me time. Have it regularly. Have it every day this year. Don't skip your me time with God. Your me time. Your time alone with God. And tell him, Lord, I want to be better. I want to be better this year. I want you to correct me. It will amaze you. The Holy Ghost will point certain areas in your life. Somebody you've not been greeting for a long time because you're holding them in your heart. You need to forgive and let go. He knows. He knows everything about you. Certain things you've been doing that you need to stop doing. Certain things you, you were doing before that you stopped. You need to pick up again. Certain things that you're actually doing right now that you need to do differently. He will correct you. We must be open to change. When we change, things will change. No point looking for any prophet on any mountain. I promise you God's people. No point following any fake commercial prophet on social media. A lot of these people have become, they have become commercial prophets and they are making merchandise of God's people. Somebody telling you to go and buy candle, buy anointing oil somewhere. You have to bathe in the river. You don't find that in the New Testament. We are not an Old Testament church. We are New Testament saints. But by the blood of Jesus. The ultimate sacrifice made for the propitiation of our sins was the blood of Jesus. Can I have an amen to that? So don't be deceived this year. You change. When you change, things will change in your life. It's going to be like that. When you change, things will change. God is not your enemy. God wants everything well for you and with you. In 3 John verse 2, he says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper. Somebody say prosper. Oh, come on, say prosper. God said, I want above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. It is the will of God. When God's children are doing well, God is pleased. God is happy. God is having a good time. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. That's my beloved daughter in whom I'm well pleased. God is happy. But we need to change. We need to change. We need to be open to correction. When the Lord is telling you you are getting too lazy, you better brace up and say, Lord, I receive your strength. I receive your strength because we can be lazy sometimes in the place of meditating the word and, and, and the place of prayer. We can, when the Lord can tell you, hey, you are getting too busy. Your day has been too crowded. A lot of distractions on social media, a lot of distractions from other people. You need to protect your time alone with me because I want to talk to you. I want to give you instructions to take you to the next level of your life. But if you're not paying attention, there's no way I can get that across to you. 
the gospel. You know, thankfully, one of the reasons, one of the, one of the I don't know why I should call it reasons, but, but one of the things that really, 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 really thrill me about God is that God is the God of another chance. People may not give us another chance. Life doesn't give us a fair chance. That's why they say life is not fair, but God is good, Amen. Psalm 106 verse 1, God is good and his mercy endure forever. 107 verse 1, God is good and his mercy endure forever. 118 verse 1, God is good and his mercy endure forever. 118, the last verse, God is good and his mercy endures forever. God, the good God, always gives us another chance. In fact, if you look at the Bible from the old covenant to the new, you will find God giving people another chance. This new year is another chance to begin again. As far as God is concerned, a new day is almost more important than a new year. We celebrate the year. God is looking at every day. The Bible says this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Jesus teaching the disciples to pray. Say, when you pray this way, you find that prayer in Matthew chapter 6. He said, give us year by year our yearly bread. Come and talk to me, church. Give us week by week our weekly bread. Give us month by month our monthly bread. What did he say? Give us this day or day by day our daily bread. God is interested in your day. I took a trip not too long ago to, just to, be on, uh, to have a retreat alone with God. I went to a place where I usually pray alone in a hotel. And as I, as I got into my hotel room and got on my knees... To begin to say, thank you, Lord, for bringing me here. I was fasting. I was very weak. You know, Lord, I just want to bless your name for the strength to come up. Because I was going to be there for three days. I thought maybe by the third day, God will speak with me. Hey, you can't put God in a corner. You can't put him in a box. Amen. Praise God. I was thinking, oh, by the last day of the fast, God will speak. As I knelt, as I got on my knees, God started speaking to me. God told me that, yeah, about two years ago. He said, I am more interested in the day than what you guys call the year. Oh, really, Lord? So I quickly got out my pen and paper, my book, where I usually write what God tells me. And please, this year, as you journey with Jesus, also journal. Journal. It's a year to journal. Because God is going to be giving you instructions, not only for this year. He'll be giving you instructions for 2025, 2027. He'll be giving you instructions for your marriage. He'll be giving you instructions about your children, your spouse, your, your wife, your husband, your, your, your business, your career, the country where you're going to settle down. God is going to be giving you instructions that are precious to your destiny. Don't let them slip you by. And may I advise you, journal, write something down because a short pencil is better than a long memory. You will forget. You will forget things. And the instructions of God are too precious. He doesn't like to waste them. Always write. Write something down. Journal. Journal. I advise you when you are going to bed in the night, put your journal by your bedside. God can wake you up to speak to you. Psalm 19 verse 2. Day unto day, uttereth speech, night unto night, showeth knowledge. God took me as he spoke that word to me. He took me to his word in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 3. He said, and my spirit shall not always strive with man because he is flesh. And the number of his days shall be 120 years. Can you imagine how God speaks? The number of his days because I'm interested in his every day. The total number now will be 120 years. Every day is important to God. Journey with Jesus this year. 
Don't make it a Sunday, Sunday affair. Journey on the Monday. Journey on the Tuesday. Journey on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Journey when nobody's watching you. That is how to succeed this year. This year has come with its own challenges, but you will overcome them all. At the end of this year, you'll be singing what the Lord has done for me. I cannot tell it all. Because indeed, he will do wonders without number. According to Job chapter 5 verse 9 and Job chapter 9 verse 10. In your life, in the name of Jesus. If you receive that, say amen. God took me again to Exodus 23 verses 25 and 26. And you shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless your bread and your water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. And then he said, the number of your days I will fulfill. He didn't say your years. He said the number of your days. And what is the number of your days? 120. Can I have an amen? God is interested in our every day. However, somebody might say, well, last year I lost a lot of time. I lost opportunities. I really wanted to serve God, but I backslid. I, I made mistakes. And glory be to God. God is the God of another chance. God is giving, I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but God has brought you to church this morning to hear this, or maybe you're online to hear this. He's giving you a new slate to start writing a new story. God is giving you another opportunity to rewrite your story with him. And he wants you to write it with him this year. Samson got another chance. Judges chapter 16. The Bible makes it clear to us in Judges 16 that Samson was a man anointed by God. He had some locks on his head. And that those locks were just points of contact. You know, you operated under the old covenant. So he had these locks. And I guess that's why today some prophets in certain churches have very long hair and, you know, locks. And because they are still thinking in the form of old covenant, they don't know that the prophet himself is on the inside of us right now. Can I have an amen? I'm not saying that there are not people anymore called to the office of the prophet. We have the five-fold ministry. They are still there. Glory be to God. But you don't have to try to look like Elijah so that they can respect you. So Samson had these locks on his head. And that was the secret of his power. They had to hire a lady, very beautiful, Miss Delilah. Miss Philistine. Miss Gaza. Miss World. To get it. The devil won't tempt you with what you don't like. Can I have an amen to that? There is a particular yam species called Esuru in Yoruba. I don't know what Discoria it is in Greek. Whether it's Discoria Esculenta or Discoria Bobifera. Or Discoria Alata. Some of those agricultural names sound like speaking in tongues. You can never tempt me with that. I, I dislike it with the, with the capital D. When I, when I smell it now, it's repulsive to me. But there are certain things you can put together and Lord my God, if it's the day I'm fasting, I better walk out of the house. Sometimes I tell my wife, why is your kitchen smelling like this? The man of God needs the fast. The devil won't tempt you with what you don't like. And this is why young people, we must learn right now to deal with our weaknesses. To deal with our weaknesses before we get to that point of prominence and limelight. When he likes to disgrace us with our weakness. Samson was mighty. But hey, we all got the picture of Samson wrong in Sunday school. I, I grew up thinking that Samson was a giant. This guy had biceps and triceps. His chest was like a rock. He had six packs. 
My son is always bothering me with six packs. Daddy, get six packs. I say, hey, you're joking with your school fees. Show me how many millionaires have six packs. That's just an excuse. You can get it. You can still be a millionaire. I'm going to start getting it from this year. I got a pot here. <laughs> Glory be to God. I, I used to think Samson was like that. He was big, huge, muscular. He could break anybody's neck and, and he would wear armless. You know these guys that have all these biceps? They, 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 they try to intimidate us by wearing armless. Show me your muscle. And they are walking the streets with their shorts and sneakers. Come on, dress well. What's your problem? Some of them even want to wear it to church. Come on, dress well. I thought something was like that. But no, I was wrong. If you look into the scriptures, if a man looks like that, would they need to hire someone to say, go and find out the secret of his strength? The secret is already known. He has a chest like a rock. He goes to the gym. He will finish anybody. But no, Samson was not like that. He was like me. Small, not so big. I'm not small though. The greater one is on the inside. Samson was just a regular guy. Nothing, nothing extraordinary about him. Yet, a thousand Philistine soldiers came against him, and with the jawbone of an ass, he finished them. They could not beat that. You can't kill two Philistine soldiers with the jawbone of an ass. Not a sword, not a bomb, not a machine gun, not AK-47, not pump action, not even a rifle. The jawbone of an ass. You can't even kill an ass with the jawbone of an ass. Yet, this guy killed a thousand Philistine soldiers. He finished them like a pack of cards. Those Philistine elders came together and said, hey, we got to find out what the secret of this guy's power is. There is a secret to his power. He's supernatural. He's a normal guy. You can catch him on the street and finish him. But hey, try to go close to him and the spirit comes on him. My goodness. One place he went to, the, he went to a brothel to, to, to have some nice some time, I don't know if God nice and some sinful time with the lady and, and the soldiers gathered around the city and they said you know what, we're going to arrest him in the morning yeah, he's having a nice time now yeah, he's going to be weak, by the time he comes out we're going to get him and finish him they, they, they mounted a garrison around the city you know what Samson did, he got up from that place he went to the city gate he didn't fight them he removed the city gates you need to watch those movies that show ancient times and have an idea what their iron looked like, what their gates looked like. It's not these doors that we call gates. City gates were gates. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? He removed the gates, not only the gate, he removed the pillars, the bars, and the iron. He carried everything. Now, when you carry a heavy weight, it's easier to descend, to go down a hill. Am I right about that? than you trying to ascend a hill. Samson removed everything like he was just removing, you know, paper. He carried it, put it on his shoulder. City gate, and he was going up the hill. And all the soldiers were looking at him. This guy must be mad. No, who would dare him? He, you are, what is your weight compared to city gate? I guess the captain told them, oh yeah, go, go and fight him. Say, captain, you two go, you are the captain. Go. He will just turn them to, to toothpick. Just be breaking them. 
there was something supernatural about him. Three times, Miss Delilah asked him, Samson, what's the secret of your strength? And he deceived her. Women need to learn from Delilah. You know what you need to learn from Delilah? How, how do you get the heart of your husband? A lot of women fight their husband. You are mad. You are crazy. Well, if you know that you, you, you want me to be suffering like this, I don't think my need to make me suffer. I'll return me to my father's house. Oh. If Delilah had tried that with Samson, she wouldn't get anything out of him. She made him feel, home, feel at home. She made him feel comfortable. The Bible didn't even say they had sex. Maybe some of the school told us, but the Bible never said they did. The Bible says that he made, she made him feel at home. She, he, 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 he was lying down on, 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 on her thighs. That's all. Like when you put your head on, on, some, on the couch, she, she made her thighs the couch. A, a woman needs to learn to make her thighs the couch for her husband so that he can rest his weary head. He's been bothered too much in his place of work. His boss has, has lampooned him. His, his colleagues have, have said nasty things about him. They're they jealous of him. They're they, they envious of him. And he comes home and the first thing you say is, And he says to you, And then you say to him, And he says to you, And there's going to be trouble in that house. Are you with me this morning? Are you with me, church? Please, it, 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 I know the downside of something, but can we learn the, 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 I don't know how to say it. Can we learn something from Delilah? She made him feel at home. What could make a man of God reveal the secret of his strength? The first time he laughed. If you just get stuff and stuff and stuff, bind me, you get me. And she gave out the secret, and they came and they did that. And she said, Samson, the Philistines are upon thee. And he got up and tore that thing like a thread. Where are they? They took off. Normally, as a man, you should say, oh, okay. Right, right. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah, right. So this is your mission in my life. Okay, even you. I will now use you to. Are you getting what I'm saying? Under normal circumstances, but the circumstances were not normal. Temperature and pressure were not equal, so volume couldn't have been constant. Avogadro's law failed in the case of Samson. Are you with me, church, this morning? What would make the lady have another chance? There must be something she was doing that Samson wasn't getting elsewhere. Ladies, learn when you get married. To honor your husband. Proverbs 21, and I believe it's verse 24. And to, no, to, I think 25, 24, and then 21, 19. They say the same thing. It says it's better for a man to stay on a rooftop than in the same house. In fact, one says in a large house with a, con, a contentious and an angry woman. Don't be an angry woman. Don't be cantankerous. Be homely. Some women say, my husband doesn't tell me anything. He won't tell you because you're not making yourself available and homely. If a woman is smart, you will have the password of your husband. He will tell you, look, we have secret, but we don't know how to keep it. Now, men don't talk is a lie. Men talk. 
but they talk to certain people. Make yourself available. Make yourself humbly. He's going to tell you everything. You'll be, you'll be directing his life. He wants to give money to his relatives. You tell him how much to give them. You wouldn't even think twice. Okay, I want to give them 10,000. Say, no, 5,000 only because you know we are building. Oh, okay, that's <laughs> You are building. Oh, yeah, write the check. You are the, oh. In fact, do the transfer. But you turn him to something else, and then he becomes the lion of the tribe of his house. Long story short, because that's, that's not our focus. It's not pink and purple next Sunday. But I just thought I should chip that in. But have you been blessed this morning? She got a second chance. She got a third chance. The Bible says that when she asked him daily, and she wearied him. Whoa, my baby! Ah, ah, you've been, you've been nice, so. But uh, if you cut off my head, that's it. All right, Sammy, I love you. And you know, when the woman wants to catch you, you are caught. <laughs> you boxed him in the corner and just hugged him. Sammy! Uh, and his head was not correct again. Uh, that's how you be troubling somebody, troubling somebody. It's just the head. You just cut it, cut the head. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be like an ordinary man. He was not an ordinary man. And you know the rest of the story. They got him, they cut the hair. She, she actually did, I guess. He was having fun. He was cool. And then he got up as at other times, not knowing that the spirit had departed from him. Somebody would say that's the end of Samson's life, end of ministry. But no, God is the God of another chance. In verse 20 of Judges chapter 16, the Bible says, How be it, verse 22 rather, how be it the hair of his head began to grow again? After he was shaved. What does that tell you about God? I mean, Samson made a mistake. He intentionally blew his chance. You cannot exhaust the grace of God. But don't take his grace in vain. That is the balance. I don't know who is in church today. God is giving you another chance this year to rewrite your story. My job is to encourage you this morning to journey with Jesus. He's the one that can take you to your destination. Samson told one of the young boys after they caught him and they plucked out his eyes. And the Bible said, where there is no vision, my people perish. He had no vision anymore. He said, can you make me feel, can you take me to the pillar on which this house stands? And the boy did say, because I want to rest on it. There were about 3,000 men and women in that building, including all the lords of the Philistines. And Samson made a choice. His hair began to grow again. That's God giving him another chance. I pray for someone, your hair will grow again. Somebody must say, oh, that's spiritual. I mean, even your physical hair. If it's bothering you right now that you're losing your hair, especially ladies, men are really not bothered, your hair will grow again. If you take the word of God literally and take him at his word, I promise you that the word will work even in your hair. I told a lady some time ago, your hair will grow again. After a while, she sent me a message, Pastor, my hair is growing again. I said, yeah. I'm not surprised. It has happened to two of our ladies in this church. I'm not surprised. It is unto you, according to your faith. 
in Matthew 8, Jesus said to that centurion, I think verse 13 or so, he said, be it unto you as you have believed. In this kingdom, it's to every man according to their faith. What can you believe God for in 2023? You believe God for a kekena pep? So be it. You believe God for a Mercedes? So be it. You believe God for a house? So be it. Whatever. Don't, don't criticize me for believing God for big things. Criticize yourself for believing God for small things. Because my own God is big. The man of God or a robot before he died had on his table a huge inscription. Make no little plans here. Make no small plans here. You dare not go to his office with a small plan. It will chase you out. It's about the perspective of God that you have. Some believe that God can heal their body, but he can't bless them financially. Some believe he can bless them financially, but he can't, he can't, he can't, he can't heal their body. Or some believe that, well, God is everything, but I'm not sure he's going to forgive you my sins. I'm a sinner, man. You know what I'm saying? Don't, don't be prideful in your sin. Repent! He will clean you up. Can I have an amen? Samson, in verses 28 to 30, made a choice by his pronouncement. He said, let me, oh God, this one more time, avenge me of my eyes. And God heard him. But he made a request. Let me die with the Philistines. And he had it that way. He died with the Philistines. Can you imagine if he had said, let me live while these Philistines die. The Bible says he killed more Philistines in his death than when he was alive. But that wasn't the end that God planned for him. God always plans a glorious end for his children. Not to die with the enemies. His confession. One of the areas you need to pay attention to this year is your confession. The words of your mouth. The words of your mouth. Don't use your mouth against yourself. And when people use words against you, be bold enough to say, Ma, thank you very much, but I refuse to receive that in the name of Jesus. I was in a meeting with some pastors a couple of days ago, and one of them, all of them general overseers, I'm the only one who is a, a boy of God, and he said, he was telling me negative things why certain things will not work in my favor. And I said to him, no, sir, no, no, I refuse to take that in the name of Jesus. I, no, he said, no, I'm just saying, I said, no, even in the saying, I refuse that in the name of Jesus. I ensured I had the last say, and I told him why, what I was doing would work. And they were all quiet, and he said, man of God, I'll come and see you in your office. I said, you need to see me in my office. Glory be to God. Two sisters were joking in this church some time ago. And one of them said, let's say, for example, now you are poor. The other lady said, no, I cannot be poor. She said, no, that's what I said, for example. He said, even in the example, I cannot be poor. Somebody shout amen. amen. Lest somebody use an example and say, let's say, for example, you are traveling now and then you now have an accident. What? People don't know how to talk. You don't know that? In the world in which we live, many, many, many people, including Christians, don't know how to talk. They talk themselves down to the grave. Anybody can die at any time. No, never, sir. The Bible never says so. Can I have an amen? The Bible says I will live and not die. The number of my days, God will fulfill. Does it say that about you as well? The Bible is the book of another chance. Another person that got another chance in the Bible was the woman caught in adultery. She was caught in the very act. John chapter 8. In verse 11, Jesus said, Neither do I condemn thee. Go! And sin no more. I'm setting you free now, but don't sin anymore. It's amazing. It takes two to tangle. 
Where was the man also caught in the act? They didn't bring him. They brought the woman. It's a very chauvinistic world sometimes. A sexist world. Where is the man? They just wanted to shame the woman. He that has no sin among you, let him be the one to cast the first stone. <laughs> one by one they left. Jesus gave that. They were going to burn that woman to death. They were going to kill her according to the law of Moses. But Jesus gave her another chance. I don't know who I'm talking to, but Jesus is giving you another chance this morning. Can I have an amen? That's why it's a new year for you. It's a new day. It's a new season. Can I have an amen? This year you'll be making right choices. Amen? This year you'll be making informed choices. Amen? This year you're going to be led by the Holy Spirit. Amen? In your academics, to get your grades up, you'll be led by the Holy Spirit. To excel in your business, you'll be led by the Holy Spirit. To do well in your relationship, you're going to be led by the Holy Spirit. To walk in such a way that your life will bring glory and pleasure to God, you'll be led by the Holy Spirit. And to make much financial gain, you'll be led by the Holy Spirit. Can I have an amen to that? Another person that got a chance, another chance was the prodigal son. Luke 14, 17 to 24, he had blown all his opportunities, but when he came back home, the Bible says he came back to himself and said, I will go, I will arise and go to my father. I'm, uh, come on, man. Why am I feeding with pigs here? I know how my father's servants have plenty and over and above. I will go back home. He went back home. The father threw a party. The father threw his arms around him, changed his clothes and put a gold chain around his neck, threw a party for him. He got another chance. God is giving us 2023 as another chance. Another chance to get it right. And you know Nigeria also is getting another chance. That's why some of us are praying that this time politically we will get it right. At least for once in our lives. And some are hell-bent on continuing things the way they used to be. As it was in the beginning. So it is now. World without end. Amen. No. We want to have a change. Another person that got another chance in the Bible was Saul of Tarsus. Very ruthless guy. Antichrist. Wasting the church. Destroying men and women, putting them in prison. Because they embraced the gospel of Christ. Which he didn't understand. Don't blame him. He was Saul of Tarsus. He was a lawyer by profession. Schooled in the school of Gamaliel. This guy was, I mean, a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was well schooled in the matters of the law. But he didn't know Christ. He was zealous after religion. The religion of his fathers. Washing of hands. Washing of this and that. Washing everything. As a woman according to the law. If you were having your menstrual cycle. You dared not come to the presence of God. Because you were unclean. Some of you are wearing clothes today. If not by the grace of God. We will just arrest you. When you combine linen with wool. When you eat rabbit. When you eat fish without scales like tilapia. No, no. Um, like catfish. But grace. We can come to church and lift up holy hands. How dare you come to church without covering your head as a woman? Don't you know that your hair will be entering the eyes of the angels? I was raised that way. When you want to pray, you close your eyes. They told me that in primary school. So I always close my eyes. But I never saw God. I thought I would see God when I closed my eyes. 
religion. When some people are doing their prayer, and then they mistakenly fast because they ate beans overnight. I know when you eat beans, you need to behave yourself. You can't be bending too often, bending too often. And that thing comes, I call it awud. Your stomach will rumble. Ahu, ahu is in the stomach. Then you hear doof from the exit point that God placed in every human being. Doof. The moment that happens, they will ask for forgiveness of sins. Ask Agafula. Ask You do it again. Oh! No. Glory be to God. You can be fellowshipping in your bathroom. You can be in the toilet doing the main job and you're telling Jesus, I love you. And Jesus is not saying, oh no, man, come on, say, stop that, man. Oh, somebody say glory to Jesus. I have a friend, a woman, a very dear woman of God. She's an apostle in the U.S. She was sharing this with me. She said one day she was in her room and the Holy Spirit really, you know, was in the room to fellowship with her. And she really wanted to fellowship. She now said, Holy Spirit, please hold on, hold on. Let me dress up properly. I'm not decently dressed. And he said, hey, <laughs> covering what for who? I mean, I know you, I was there. I, I put you together in your mother's womb. She said, oh, what religion has done to us? Glory be to God. Let's go to Galatians chapter 1, verses 13 to 16. Galatians 1, 13 to 16. It's good for me to make you read your Bible a little bit, right? I've been quoting and quoting. Let's read now. Let's see what Paul the Apostle said about himself. Galatians 1, 13 to 16. For you have heard of my conversation in time past. Okay, thank you, media. Let me just go with you. In time past in the Jews' religion, it was the religious guy, Saul of Tarsus. How that beyond measure, I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. I mean, he killed people. He literally jailed people because of their faith in Christ. Because he couldn't understand how that Jesus would be called the Christ. He was a carpenter, man. The anointed one, the Messiah, would come in a different way, not born in a manger. And so he was persecuting the Christians. He was getting letters to persecute the church. And profited in the Jews' religion. He rose and became a big man in the Jews' religion. Above many my equals in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. Yeah? But when somebody say bad, come on now, somebody say bad, when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace unmerited favor to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the heathen immediately I confide not with flesh and blood. This Saul of Tarsus guy was a bad guy. It's like when you say head of Boko Haram. Anything Christ, he wanted to wipe it out. He got letters from the high priest and he was on his way to Damascus to go and arrest more Christians, put them in prison and deal with them mercilessly and ruthlessly. He was on a journey, but he was not journeying with Jesus. On the journey, he met Jesus. He had an encounter. Suddenly, the light of the glory on the face of Jesus shone on him. And the light was so powerful, the Holy Ghost knocked him off the camel's back. I've had people say that the Holy Ghost is the gentleman. Yeah, but I don't know about this <laughs> Holy Ghost that knocked Saul of Tarsus off the camel's back. Knocked him off. 
to the ground. He fell down. Mighty man. Powerful Saul. He was Saul of Tarsus. The voice spoke to him. The Lord Jesus. He had never met him before. He asked him, who are you, Lord? He said, Lord. He knew that power passed power. Who are you, Lord? And Jesus spoke to him. And he got up. The men that were traveling with him heard the voice. But they didn't see anybody talking to him. What? That was a supernatural encounter. He opened his eyes. He couldn't see anymore. He had gone blind. The light of the knowledge of the glory of God shining in the face of Jesus. <laughs> and the Lord told him what to do, where to go, and he, they led him. I lost my way, Bambi Allah. My name is Solo Bambi Allah. Solo of Tassos Bambi You know, those guys can make melody sometimes. And they led him. And the Lord appeared to Ananias. Ananias? He says, sir, yes, sir. In a vision in the night, go to the house of Simon the Tanner. There's Saul there of Tarsus. He's praying. Lay hands on him that he may receive his sight and let him receive the Holy Ghost. Oh, no, Lord. You, you know, you, no, Lord, you, can, you can't do that. You can't. You can't do that. You can't possibly do that, Lord. You know that guy? He's a bad guy. You know what I mean? He wasted your church. He killed your people. He killed everybody. He got letters to come here to kill more people. Let him die in the seat. He's an enemy from home. Every enemy from home. What are you still waiting for? Some of us die, die, die. The enemies are getting fatter. The people asking them to die are getting leaner. We have bound them. We have roasted them. We have fried them. We have eaten them. They are getting fatter. We are getting leaner. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of my glory be to God. That's the better way to pray. Amen? Don't ask anybody to die. Let them encounter Christ. When this guy got up from the floor. So God, Jesus told Ananias, mind your business. Jesus can be very, very, very strict and stern. I've experienced him. He can be stern. When I lost my mom and I was grieving, 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 he comforted me the first time. Grieving, grieving, grieving again. He comforted me the second time. I went back to my grief. The third time, the Lord appeared to me, not physically, in the spirit. It was, he told me, he said, you, you've gone back to your grieving. I said, yes, because she's, she's my mother. She's my mother. My mother. Oh, I wanted to build a house, buy a car, give driver, sing boho in our house. People in the neighborhood, they'll be coming to fetch water for free. Nile, you're a pastor. You don't allow. He said to me, do you know she's my daughter too? My head set. I went back to factory setting. She's your mother, right? Do you know she's my daughter too? I said, ah, I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry, Lord. You, you know what he said to me? You had better be. And the presence left my room. That was the last day. I grieved. I'm sorry, sir. You, you had better be. That day, I had an idea what the people that were selling and buying in the temple experienced. 
He did not distribute bread to them. Ah, you are exchanging money. I multiply bread here. Give me Andrew, bring fish. Oh, yeah, multiply, give to them. Hey, Chineke, you know what he did? He said, hey, Peter, thou son of thunder. He said, sir, oh, yeah, give me the whip. Give me the koboko. Jesus was weeping. The same Jesus. So don't get this idea that the Lord is a sissy. Don't go to a church that tells you the Lord can be stern and truthful and, and strict sometimes. Go to a church that tells you, oh no, come the way you are, remain the way you are. It's all paid for. You don't have to do anything. I guarantee you. Ah. When tire hits the road. <laughs> oh my God. Have you prayed before and it was like God was not God was on holiday? God, ah. One of my sisters in this church, she was very honest with me. She said, Pastor, it got to a point. I'll look at you as a friend and God, they have their way. But for me, but that God, why? Do we have to beg you for everything? I mean, she was very honest, but she said, then she came to a blaze last year. Oh, glory be to God. And the drama ministry and the choir had, for the first time, we had a blaze musicals. Not last year, two years ago. A blaze musicals. And I think it was Ayo that played the role of Job. Was it you? Stand for recognition. The Lord bless you. Please sit. And he was playing the role of Job. She said she saw the affliction of Job. Because these guys acted. I had taught a bit of a series on, on Job. Because there's a way people teach about Job. Which is not the Bible. I had taught that Bible series. Bible study series. And they put that in, in, in drama form. Now, I'm, I'm not trying to take any credit. All the credit goes to Jesus. Get it right. But it was the correct version. They showed that night. If they had showed the wrong version, it would have affected her faith. She would have left the church in fear. But she saw hope. She said on her seat, she started weeping and repenting and asking God to forgive her. The preacher had not yet come on stage. It was just the drama going on and the music together. And she said she looked around. The women and the people around her in the auditorium of ICC there, they were all crying. Talk about the anointing. She went back home and said, Jesus, I'm, I'm sorry. I won't call you but that God again. I'm, please, please forgive me. That year, that year, this lady had her two fallopian tubes blocked. Blocked. She had been married, no kids, nothing, no pregnancy. I mean, when fallopian tubes are blocked. The doctors had told her, nobody unblocks fallopian tubes. I mean, if they're blocked, they're blocked. In fact, they even accused her of abortion. That she had done several abortions. You know, they said nonsense. She said, I've never been pregnant in my life. I've lived my life as a good girl. Even when I didn't know Jesus. Now that I know him, never. A doctor told her, increase your chances of ever getting pregnant by sleeping with more men than your husband. What a counsel. She said, sir, no, sir. <laughs> I'm a child of the living God. My God is more than able. She said, whether he allows me to be pregnant or not, I will still serve him forever. I mean, talk about faith. Guess what? That ablaze, 
God opened the two fallopian tubes. It was consummated on Sunday, Sunday service. And two weeks after she went to do the regular screening again, the same people that said it, they were blocked found they were open. I mean, recently we went to see a gynecologist together. And this is a senior gyne in this town, in fact, in this country. The man asked the lady and her husband, how, how did you do it? How, how did it open? A man of over 30 years of experience. The man is a principality when it comes to gynecology and obstetrics, O&G. I mean, he said, how? He himself was asking, how? I mean, open, how? How? They said, Jesus. What is it in your life that God cannot do? I beg you, I plead with you, journey with Jesus. Saul of Tarsus, as bad as he was, got another chance. When Ananias prayed for him, he got up, scales fell from his eyes. That guy almost immediately became a preacher. Go and read Acts chapter 9. Read the entire chapter. You will see how Saul began. Look, a man with an encounter is not at the mercy of a man with an argument. You don't have a superior argument. This Saul knew who he was before he encountered Christ. He was killing Christians and building his career. He was a murderer. But hey, he met Jesus and there was a 360 degree turnaround and somebody is now telling him that Jesus is not Christ. He said, even if you want me to die, I will die preaching this gospel. That's why he said, woe betide me if I preach not the gospel. Let me ask you, church, what are you doing for the kingdom? Many of us have received the gospel, but we are not sharing this gospel with other people. You are not telling them about Christ. You're not inviting them to church. Look at the first time as we have today. Somebody invited them, maybe, or maybe the Holy Ghost. But I'm sure somebody, somebody invited somebody somewhere. Let's do more this year. Step up your game with God. Stop asking, God, bless me, bless me, bless my bread, my water, bless me and my dog. That kind of Christianity should go with 2022. When you chase after Jesus, the good things of life will chase after you. I am enjoying what I'm preaching to you this morning. I mean, good things chasing me. Like never before. And I told my wife, I've not started. I'm just in love with Jesus every day. And I tell him, and please tell him, tell him, you love a woman, she should know in, in her heart that I love her. No, she wants to hear. Ladies, am I speaking your mind? And some of you have not been loved before, but don't worry, you'll get there, you'll be loved. But those of you in love, And when a man loves a woman, <laughs> hey, 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 can you really love Jesus? Yes, you can. Step up your game with him this year and watch what others are dying for, chasing after you. Maybe you're of age and you don't even have a life partner yet and that is bothering you. I'm, I'm 25 now. I'm close to 30, or I'm a little over 30, I'm close to 40, or this, da, 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 and I don't have anybody in my life. Don't worry. 
the devil will make you worry about such things. You focus on loving Jesus. In the place of loving him, somebody will find you. I hope I'm not quoting somebody from the world. <laughs> I mean, a child of God will find you. Amen? When you love the Lord, every woman has a man prepared somewhere. And every man has a woman prepared somewhere. Don't go about checking, permutating and combining, sampling and forming subsets. You don't need that. Don't sample every woman before you find your wife. Be in the place of service. Be in the place of loving God. God will make you very attractive to that person. I pray for you men. You will not carry the bone that belongs to another person. Because it will trouble your ribs. And you ladies, you will not be carried by somebody that belongs to someone else. Let me wrap up. I don't know why I keep talking about that this morning. Why did I say you should journey with Jesus? Let me just give you two points and close. I promised 11.30. It's 11.16 now. So I need to, and we, we want to take the communion, so I need to get this out of the way. I'm going to continue this next week. Do you think I should continue next week? So let me just mention the two points, and then I will preach them and teach them next week. God gave me these words, these thoughts for you. I don't, 2023 will not be like another year in your life. You don't, you don't understand that. All the previous years put together, they will not be compared to the glory that will be revealed in your life in 2023. So we need to do things differently. That's why even Pastor Fred is now being time conscious. He's also changing. My head is swelling. I'm trying to put it in shape. Number one. Why did I say journey with Jesus? Number one. Because those who do, those who travel, those who journey with Jesus, always, write it in capital letters, always reach their destination. You travel with Jesus, you reach your destination. No accident on the way. Amen? Amen? And I mean physically, spiritually, financially, emotionally, in every way, no accident for you this year. Mark chapter 4, our text that we read, verses 35 to 41, Jesus said, let's go over to the other side. Did he say, let's go and capsize? Did he say, let's go and die? So this year, you want to travel to Lagos? You're traveling within Ibadan. You are going outside the country. Go with Jesus and you will reach your destination. Can I have an amen? Start your spiritual journey every day with Jesus. Don't start with complaining. All my mates have jackpot now. I'm still here in this, this hopeless, useless, good-for-nothing, God-forsaking country. Hey! Take back those confessions. Nigeria is blessed. Amen? And you are blessed. Amen? And you will eat the good of the land. Amen? When you travel with Jesus, you reach your destination. After reading Mark chapter 4, the last verses there, 35 to 41, you will discover in Mark chapter 5 verse 1, because it was the continuation. The people that put the Bible together put chapters and verses for ease of understanding. But it's a continuation. It's a continuum. If you look at that Mark 5.1, the Bible says, and they came over. 
Jesus said, let's go over. And they came over. Onto the other side of the sea. They reached their destination. I pray for someone here. You will reach your destination. Come on, a better amen. You're not there yet, but you will get there. Oh, God has beautiful plans for this church this year. Don't miss out. We are not there yet, but we'll get there. Can I have a better amen? Note this. Those who travel with Jesus always get there safely. They always get there on time. And they always get there on purpose. They get there safe. They get there on time. They get there on purpose. I will prove that to you next week. But note it now. Write it down. Keep it. Don't eat with it. Put it in your left hand. Put it in your notebook and your left hand and your memory and your heart. When you journey with Jesus, you never come late. Oh no, I've been serving God all these years. God has not answered my prayer. I've been asking God for a particular thing and he has not done it. No, it's not late. It is so that when it arrives, it will be the latest. So deep. We had a man of God who shared that with us some years ago. And my wife reminded me yesterday morning. I said, mm, 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 mm. My wife also does that when I say something at home. Amen. I don't want to go on and on and on sharing our testimonies, but I can tell you, church, God is faithful. I am a living, breathing witness that when it comes, when it looks like it's coming so late. No, God is never late. It is because he wants to give you the latest. The one that will turn the belly of your frenemies and your enemies. Your haters. God, why? You've been waiting and it is coming. Amen? Number two. I will prove this next week. Just pardon me. I just want to say number two so we can close. Number two, Jesus. Why do I need to journey with Jesus? You need to journey with Jesus because Jesus always brings his kingdom, the power, and the glory wherever he's welcome. He always brings his kingdom, his power, and the glory wherever he's welcome. He changes the narratives of people's lives. He is the game changer. You are never going to be the same person again when you allow Jesus to come into your boat. The disciples allowed him to come into the boat. The storm rose against them. The wind blew against them. Like the song we sang, you guys were just in the spirit. But Jesus was in the boat and the boat was never going to capsize. Can you imagine Jesus in the boat and the boat capsizes and they called lifeguards, lifesavers, to come and rescue Jesus. Oh, Jesus, don't die, don't die. Jesus, pull my hand. Let me help you up. Help who? When he got into the grave, even the grave could not swallow him. The grave spat him out. Pwah! Said, this is too much for me. I can't contain my maker. Jesus ruined every funeral he attended. You better not invite Jesus to a funeral because he will ruin it. 
the, the funeral procession of the only son of the widow of Nain who was killed by Satan. They were carrying the coffin to the graveside. They finished service in church. Jesus touched the coffin, casket. The boy came back to life. Lazarus had died four days. By now he was thinking, Lazarus, come forth. He that was dead came back alive. He ruined every funeral. His own funeral. They buried him. He came back the third day. What is it that he cannot do? That situation looks hopeless. But you are still breathing. That person in your life is still breathing. Jesus will raise them. Invite him. When he is invited and is made welcome, you make him feel welcome. He will bring the kingdom, the power, and the glory. And that was what he did when they eventually got to Mark chapter 5 verse 1 to the country of the Gadarenes, which I will explain next week. He brought the kingdom. He brought the power and the glory. He, he never comes empty-handed. I close with this story. I heard it last week from senior pastor. He said he had seen the video of Bill Gates' house. You know Bill Gates? CEO of Microsoft. Those American billionaires, especially the IT guys, they have their mansions in a place called Silicon Valley in California. He said in Bill Gates' house, everything is automated from the gate to the house to the door of the house to everything. When he enters the house, the temperature changes. It will adjust to what he wants. Lights will flip on. I mean, you know the kind of house where you enter and everything is empty? But the owner of the house comes and maybe flips a button or says something. Just commands and then the seat. TV. Set itself. Where's the dining table? All right, we want to eat now. And then dining. <laughs> but food will not show like that. Somebody will cook the food. Though. He said he saw the video and he was thinking, if this guy says, I want to come and visit you, I want to spend a few nights in your house. Some of us will say, no, don't, no, no, no. Mr. Gates, now, now. Mr. Gates, don't even come near my gate. You got plenty gates in your life already. Go deep, baby. I'm your pastor now. I, I got to rep. <laughs> I have to rep you guys now. Do you know, he can't sleep on your bed. It's too hard. Your, your pillowcase is smelly. No, it's neat, but to him. No. The temperature is hot. You've turned on your AC, but oh, no. Or maybe you don't even have an air conditioner. That guy will change your house. You agree with me? He's going to call the air, conditioner, air conditioning company. Bring me like five horsepower standing ACs. He will call the furniture company. Man, I sat on your couch and I found myself on the floor. That's not, that's not really nice. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Gates. That's what I can afford. Oh, no. Hello, furniture company. Can you? What's your address? Okay, Jibadebo Street, Mokola, Ibadan. And in 30 minutes, zoom. We are talking Mr. Gates here. Ah. The chairman of the company will say, hey, you boys, I beg, I beg, carry everything to the, now he will select. They will deliver before they ask him for money. He 
they will change your kitchen. You know that your stove that is looking like that of Enoyoshobu. Change everything. You know, there are people that come to our homes. They come to visit. And they change a few things before they go. You know, we like them. And we look forward to them visiting again. But there are some people, when they come, we feel the impact. Every food stuff in the house will reduce. They will use the toilet without flushing. <laughs> Mr. Gates will actually change all the toilet seats in your house. Put air conditioner, put air fresheners, change the duvet, change the window, the window blind, change the paint to all white, change the tiles on the floor. He's spending just one week, but in that one week, your life is transformed. Your home is transformed. You will become the envy of your family members. Egbo, you are bad. You are bad. You are a bad person. You are a bad person. You are a bad person. You have this kind of money. See where you are living. Ordinary GC money is not sent to me. And it was not you. It was the visitor that came. If Bill Gates could do that. My car is really nice. My car that God gave me. Really nice. God just gave me recently. But if Mr. Bill Gates comes and I take him in that car, he will change that car. Say, um, Pastor Fred, are you considering like um, driving a Tesla? I say, oh, we don't have lights in Nigeria. Oh, don't worry about that. I'm going to fix it. I'm, I'm going to fix it. Um, um, have you paid a visit to Mercedes-Benz? Uh, like 2025 edition? We are still in 2023. Don't worry about that. It's going to be customized. He will change something. If a man can change my narratives like that, how about Jesus coming into my life? Don't you think he will change that life? Stand on your feet, everybody.